Welcome to Living Life on the Max with Keisha B. Spivey, a weekly podcast that will challenge you and encourage you to live your best life yet. Hello there and welcome to Living Life on the Max. I am Keisha Spivey and I'm so excited that you have tuned in on today. We are going to continue in our series called Dream Killers. We've talked about, you know, being able to overcome. We've talked about dealing with stress. But the reality is this. Once you start dreaming, you have to expect something to come to try to kill your dream. We talk about how the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will do that with our dreams. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we talked about dream killer number one, which was discouragement. And discouragement is dangerous. It does not discriminate. And if we're honest, every now and again, we all tend to dip down into this dark place. But the secret is not necessarily not going there, but also you got to make a commitment to not stay there. The second dream killer that we talked about was disappointment. Disappointment is what I explained as the gap that exists between our expectations and our reality. So often we're disappointed because we expected something to look a certain way, to be a certain way. We thought it would come out a certain way and it didn't. So then you have this gap in between what you expected and your reality. And if we're not careful, we'll get buried in that place called disappointment. And it's okay to say, wait a minute, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I thought. However, you have to make a decision on to, on the ability and making the rational decision, excuse me, to decide how you're going to move from that place. You can stay there and have a pity party of one, or you can allow whatever it is that's making you uncomfortable, this thing that's inconvenient to you, you can figure out how to move it forward. So when you think about disappointment and you think about discouragement, they can literally be weapons of mass destruction, If you allow them to be, they can come in and destroy your hope. They can destroy your dream. They will literally steal your purpose if you allow them. They both can be dream killers. They will be dream killers if you don't acknowledge their existence and you don't do something about them. The truth is this. When we dare to dream, God who calls all things as though they are those things that are not as though they were. He's at work within us. So you have this big God with unlimited possibilities dwelling on the inside of you. And when you dare to dream, you are unleashing him. You're giving him capacity to show off in your life. And what I want to talk about today, this third dream killer, it's called settling for average. Let that sit there, sit on you for a minute. It's called settling for average. That's another dangerous place. It's another dark place. You know, when you have a God-given dream, it stretches you. You can't reach for it and stay safely in a place of mediocrity at the same time. When God gives you something, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to take some risk. You got to go into a place called unfamiliar and you have to stretch. You have to stretch your mind. You have to stretch your faith. You have to stretch who you are and you can't stretch staying still. You can't stretch settling in a place When you think about settling and you think about dreaming, they're incompatible. They're literally polar opposites. I want you to think about that. Settling and dreaming, they're polar opposites. 
when we settle for average, when you get into that place of settling, you're tempted to blame your decisions on other people. You're you're tempted to blame your personal circumstances on what other people did or didn't do. Or you'll even find yourself blaming it on a broken system. You know, your parents failed you. The government failed you. The school system failed you. It'll be some broken system. You'll find anything within reach to blame your conditions on. And as long as you're sitting there blaming and looking at something else and giving something else your power, you're allowing that thing to keep you stuck. You're allowing that thing to keep you in a place called mediocrity. The harsh truth is that mediocrity is a choice. Choosing to settle is a choice. It comes down to your personal choice. I'm going to say that again. Mediocrity and choosing to settle, it literally boils down to your personal choice. When you have a compelling dream that pulls you, all of a sudden, the choice to quit is not really an option. You know, but when you don't have a dream, when you don't have something that's pulling you higher, then you're okay settling in this dangerous place. And what's so sad and what's scary about this place is that you're always lurking around this slippery, slippery slope. And this slope, if you are not careful, it will take you into a place where you're making excuses. It'll take you into a place where you are justifying wrong behavior. It'll take you into a place of blame. And yes, it'll take you into a pity party of one. Now, I read a quote once that said, the poorest of all men isn't the one without a penny to its name. It's the person without a dream. It's the person without a dream. You know, one of life's greatest ways is to be a person with unlimited potential and capacity, but settle for living in a 10 by 10 space. It's like living boxed in when you serve a big God. Because I can remember not having a dime to my name, but I had a dream. I can remember not knowing how I was going to put gas in my car, but I had faith because I knew I had some place to go. So the fact that I had some place to go when I was driving on a road toward destiny meant that my gaslight flashing on and off was irrelevant. I'd have to faith through the process because selling for anything less than getting to the place that God had ordained for me wasn't even an option. So that dream, that goal will pull me when money is limited, when circumstances aren't necessarily what you want A dream on the inside of you will compel you to keep going, going forward. It'll make you bust through the walls of a box. It'll make you not be defined or labeled based on limitations. It'll open up the world to you. You know, when we minimize our dream and when we reduce it to something small enough for us to do it in our own ability, we are literally pushing God out of the equation. You're pushing God back and you're saying, I got this. When you refuse to dream of God's dreams, when you refuse to pursue the things that God has put in your heart, it's like putting your faith in the bottom drawer of your soul. It's putting your hope in the back cabinet of your mind. It's putting your dream, literally your dream, whatever it is, whatever you could be, your purpose. It's like putting it in a casket and sitting on the sideline at your funeral, watching it be buried. I want you to think about that. When you settle for mediocrity, when you settle for less than God's best, you are sitting at the funeral for who you were created to be. You're you're sitting there dreaming of what could have been when you have the full potential and the breath in your body to make it happen. And you just sit there. 
And you literally sit there. You spend the rest of your life mourning what could have been. You spend the rest of your life bitter over what everyone else has. You spend the rest of your days complaining over what you chose to settle for. And you're mad at everybody else. But you chose to settle. You chose to settle. You know, if you're listening to this and you feel like your life is closer to average than you want, you need to do more dreaming. Wake yourself up. Sound the alarm. Wake up. Shake yourself loose. The breath in your body, the beating heart in your chest says that you can do more. You can be more. You're not limited based on your mistakes and your missteps, that you can rise and you can be more. You know, I've shared with you guys at 30 years old how I was a college dropout. I was overweight. I was broke, busted, and disgusted and had bad credit. Not because I wanted to, but because I had made several bad decisions. And I remember turning 30 feeling sorry for myself. But then I had to remind myself, hold up. 30 wasn't over for me. 30 was my beginning. The only thing changed for me on my 30th birthday is that I woke up and I gave myself permission to dream. At 30 years old, I thought my life was over because I was a college dropout. I thought I missed it because I jacked up our credit, not shopping, but trying to feed our family, trying to make ends meet. I thought I had missed it and had messed up so bad that it would never get any better for me. At 30 years old, I thought it was it. But what I had to realize, what was it for me was feeling sorry for myself and allowing the things that I hadn't done and the things that I hadn't accomplished to label me. I literally had to wake up and snatch off the labels that I had allowed other people to put on me, but even more importantly, the ones I had put on me because they were keeping me a prisoner in a life that was designed to be so much more. So if you're listening to me and you're like, Keisha, I'm you at 30 or I'm you at 40 or 60 and I got to do something different. I've settled and I don't want to do that anymore. And you're wondering, how do you get started? You, my friend, you're in the right place. You're at the right here at the right time, because I want to tell you what I had to learn how to do. And I'm not telling you all this from book knowledge. And yes, praise God. I'm no longer a college dropout. I got several degrees and I got lots of education and I got lots of experience and lots of certificates that I thought would never happen because I missed it. But what I realized is I had to start dreaming again. And when I made these necessary shifts, when I made these changes, everything about my life changed. So I go from being a college dropout to just being months away from being Dr. Keisha B. Spivey. That's not singing my praises. That's singing the praises of my God who realized, hey, hold up. He had purposed me. He had positioned me. I was the one who chose not to walk in it. He didn't change the plan for me. I just got in alignment with it. And I stopped settling. I stopped settling. And I started dreaming. So a few things I want to give you, a couple keys that can help you from where you are. Grab your pen, grab your paper, because I use these. I did these. I teach these. I coach these. And I have watched these points change the trajectory of people's lives. And here's what I believe. I believe it'll change yours. Number one is very simple, not real deep. How about stop wasting time? Stop wasting time. I read a study that said people usually waste between 60 and 100 hours a week because they have so much downtime and they're not productive with it. They just got extra time. And so they are wasting it. They are spending it knowing that today is the precious present. I don't get another today. 
You know, I can't put off till tomorrow what I should be doing today. So I have to be someone who's stewarding my time today. I need to be mindful of where I'm investing my time. Is there going to be a return on my investment? Am I wasting time? Take an inventory of your life. How much time are you wasting? Stop wasting time. Very simple. Stop wasting time. Number two, another easy one. How about do things that most people aren't willing to do? How about be willing to do what most people aren't willing to do? When someone says it can't be done or it's impossible, you should be the first one in line to test it out. I love when people tell me what I can't do. I just happen to believe all things are possible to the woman who believes. I believe in God things start out impossible, they move to difficult, and they're not over till it's done. Impossible, difficult, done. Next, be willing to do what most people are willing to do. When people make excuses, how about you find reasons? When I went back to college at 30 years old, I remember people telling me, you got small children, you don't have a car, all the things I couldn't do. I allowed that to be my motivation. The fact that I had three small children was the reason I was willing to do what most people weren't willing to do, which is why I was willing to work a full-time job, be a full-time student, make sacrifices, be willing to do what most people weren't willing to do so that I I could live like most people aren't willing to live. Number three, become a lifetime learner. Become a lifetime learner. And no, I'm not saying you got to go back to college. I'm not saying everybody needs to go to school. But I'm talking about how about be a lifetime learner about you? How about begin learning about yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, how to improve yourself, how to master certain areas in your life? And you're like, I don't know how to get started. How about pick up a book? How about read? You got podcasts at your fingertips. How about get off of everybody's, you know, TV and lifestyle of this and lifestyle of that and somebody's this wife and that. Get off of that. How about read and discover things about you? Discover things about God. Discover things about your passions. Become a lifetime learner committed to being the best version of you possible. How about learn about you? Become a lifetime learner for yourself. Number four, and I know this one's going to rub you the wrong way, but it's the truth. It's the truth. How about cut off the TV and put down those video games? Yes, I said it. Cut off the TV and put down the Xbox. Put down whatever those little games are people play on their cell phones and, you know, they want to send somebody a life and they want to send somebody a line. Don't send me that mess. I don't have time for that. I don't play games with that. If I want to play games, I can borrow some kids and play with them. No. How about put down the video game and cut off the TV? When you're watching TV, that television is telling you a vision that it wants you to see for your life. It's telling you a vision. The question is, is that the vision you're going to settle for? Is that the vision that you're going to allow to lock you into lack? Is that the God vision for your life? Turn it off. Put down the games. A life lived on max is an adventure. And you can't do it with your thumbs. How about put the whole you in the adventure? Number five, another one. I know you may not like this, but it's real. This is tight, but it's right. Number five is wake up earlier. Waking up earlier puts you in front of your day. I didn't say you have to wake wake up at old dark 30, but how about wake up before your day is supposed to begin? How about stop playing catch up from oversleeping, dragging, and trying to get your whole self together? You know, you done hit the alarm, the snooze thing 10 times, and you still half woke, and you go into your day half woke. You show up for your assignments half woke. 
You know, most mistakes, most regrets, most bad decisions are made after 10 p.m. They're made late. So why don't you get your happy hips in the bed, go to sleep to wake up early and put yourself in a position to make better decisions? Better decisions lead to a better life and a better life gets you out of that place called average. Number six, stop quitting on you. Stop quitting on you. Most average people give up as soon as things get tough and they begin to complain and they talk about this thing and how hard it is and they lose sight of what they say they wanted. They're more focused on the conditions than the outcome. They're more focused on the price tag than the rewards. You got to get to a place in life where you're willing to fight for you and you're willing to fight for what you want. You've got to fight for you. And number seven, I'm done. Number seven, how about live excited? Live excited. I call it live life lit. You know, the average person, when you find them, they're bored, they're upset and or annoyed. They're irritated. They are just dragging through, complaining about everything. They're negative and whiny, wimpy, blah, blah, blah. How about live excited? If you want to be above average, force yourself to get pumped up about life. Force yourself to, to get excited about the possibilities of what's ahead, ahead of you. Even if you don't feel like it, still be excited. Just decide that no matter what, I'm going to be enthusiastic. No matter what, I'm going to be excited. You know, today I've had a rough day. It's been challenging. It's been demanding. It's been a hoot. And I literally contemplated going back home and just getting in the bed and starting over tomorrow. But I had to remind myself, wait a minute, I got places to be. I got people to see. And when I show up, I need to show up in the fullness of God who sent me. So I could sit here and drag through this lesson and I can tell you about all my woes and I can tell you about all my problems. But here's what I realized. I can look at them as problems or I can look at them as possibilities. The possibilities are unlimited. I didn't have to go through all the things I've had to go through today if it wasn't something on the other side. So I could sit back and whine or I can jump up and win. I can sit here and say, woe is me, or I can get excited about what is to come. You have that choice to make. You're being excited and embracing the adventure. That's up to you. You know, when my children were growing up, my husband and I, my husband's name is Eric. We would literally tell them, you can be anything you want to be in life, but you can't be average. We're not going to tell you who and what God has designed for you. But what we are telling you is this, that average isn't an option. And you can say, that's a little hard. I, but my husband and I, we stood on that thing and we believed that thing. And we just committed to the fact that Jesus died a brutal death on the cross so that we could walk in victory. He died a brutal death so that me and my children and you, you could enjoy your life. He died so that we could dream God-sized dreams and see them manifest. And then you think about this. He died and then he rose again and he took a seat next to the father so that my children, so that your children, that we could stand up and we could go for it. We could go for it. Do not let settling or mediocrity kill your dream. Whatever it is, I'm not going to tell you what the dream should be. I'm not going to tell you what it looks like for you, but I guarantee you, you should have a dream. One of my favorite dreamers in the Bible is Joseph. And guess what? Joseph went through some things. Joseph was betrayed. He was overlooked. He was forgotten. He was lied on. All of that. 
But he dreamed a dream and he refused to settle for anything less than seeing that dream manifest. He refused to settle. He modeled for us what happens when you refuse to settle. Nothing will make you break out of your rut and your routine like a God-inspired dream. Nothing will challenge you to keep moving forward like a God-inspired dream. If you don't have one, then you need to ask God to give you one. You need to ask him to to show you the God-sized dream that he has for you. And he may give it to you instantly or he may give it to you like he gave it to me over a period of time. But here's what I know. He will do it. He will do it. I'm living out a dream today that God deposited in my heart over 30 years ago. It didn't happen instantly. It was gradual. But what I had to learn is God had already prepared the thing for me. He had prepared the dream for me, but it just took me 30 years to be prepared for it. So when you quit, yeah, you're quitting on the dream, but you're quitting on you. And I just happen to believe what God says is for me is for me. And all the promises that he's made me, they're yes and amen. And you have to believe that for yourself, too. You can be anything but average. You can be anything but average. And I'm not talking about go on social media and compare yourself to what everybody else is doing, what everybody else has and where everybody else is going. That's just destructive and that's stupid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, how about get still with your father? And ask him to reveal to you what the God-sized dream is for you. Where it is that he's calling you to go and what it is he is calling you to do for his namesake. What's the dream that's going to bring him glory in and from your life? That's what you need to be pursuing. Not somebody else's thing and what somebody else is doing. But what does God say for you? Refuse to settle for anything less than God's best. You are designed to win. You are an overcomer. You are a champion. And victory is what you do. It's it's your who. He dwells on the inside of you. And don't you ever forget it. I want to encourage you to join us next week as we continue this series on dream killers. If this has encouraged you, share with a friend. Hit subscribe so that you can know when we're coming online and we can continue to stay connected and we can continue with these chats. So until then, Do you to the max and God bless you.